Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We're going to build this team the right way. We're going to build it with a great process and a clear vision. And you guys are going to see that on the field with the energy, the passion, the toughness, the physicality, and all those things that are going to resonate in the DMV area. Uh, it's going to remind you guys what this franchise was built upon. Um, the foundation and the resources that this ownership has given, oh, excuse me, ownership group has given us, uh, is all we need, and it's my job to execute that vision now. We're going to surround ourselves, like like Josh said, with the very best people and be aligned in everything we do, and working toward that common goal. Will a star be born in D.C.? That is the question. Adam Peters, introductory press conference. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. Here's what I love so much. We've been talking about this for the better part of a couple of weeks on this radio program. Because the structure's now sound and correct, you have the opportunity that has eluded you for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. But Harris is going to help get everything set up this offseason. He's got to help find the GM check and the coach check and write the checks. And he'll be around. Phone call away. Text away. He'll be in and out of the office, I'm sure, to some extent. But then he just becomes a normal owner. And then they got to work on other stuff. How do we make our fan experience at the stadium not awful? How do we get some of the visiting fans that have no problem getting tickets on the secondary market to have a harder time getting their hands on those tickets? Uh, at what point do you start thinking about the name change? They will turn their attention to other things. Mm -hmm. And then the football person that you've just implemented into your front office and installed to run everything, Adam Peters will begin to do so. And now you got a head sheriff. And he's going to hire a head coaching candidate. I happen to, to want Ben Johnson, who is the top choice among all the clubs that want a head coach right now. From ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. Put on a little bit of a clinic early on, on a playoff Sunday night, was it? They all blended together. Saturday? Games got moved. Tuesday? I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about all the playoff games coming up in a little bit. But they're going to interview a bunch of candidates. Mm -hmm. And then you, you get your GM and your head coach, and you say, go have fun, fellas. And then they work together. And what you really want is what the Lions have with Brad Holmes uh, as the GM and Dan Campbell as the head coach who's giving him a game ball after a playoff win, talking about how you know we have been in lockstep on everything we've done. That's the dream. It's all we've ever wanted. And they've got the structure now. There is officially a chance. If you squint your eyes a little bit, look out toward the horizon. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Now, what point in that process does somebody that hasn't done any studying, hasn't really done anything other than had like a son that went to high school with the player, 
come off of a vacation and then dictate what we're doing in the draft. I'm on to Cincinnati. When is that? I'm on to Cincinnati. That didn't happen? You want a bingo caller me next? It's in the rear view. It doesn't happen no more. I'm on to Cincinnati. The beautiful part here, sorry to cut you off, but the beautiful part here is again, if you're if you're not sitting there worried about it, if something doesn't work, which by the way, this is football. Think about the, the biggest swing and miss over the last half decade was San Francisco trading up for Trey Lance. He doesn't play for them anymore. They didn't have a first-round pick for three years. They're still kicking everybody's butt, winning 12, 13, 14 games a year, and they go to the conference title game if, if they've got one healthy quarterback. Pretty much that's where they are. The idea is if something doesn't work, we don't immediately go into cover-your-butt mode where, well, the first lever I could pull, you know who liked him, was that guy, and we should probably talk about that guy, and, and let's look out to the media that it was this guy's fault. wasn't my fault, and I did this. What's the biggest glaring weakness? What's well, quarterback? Or, you know, the, my new offensive coordinator doesn't get along with people really well. We don't have that. we got synergy now. That's the idea. Everybody here belongs to this organization. It's not a private contractor with the organization blaming a different private contractor when something goes awry. You have an empowered, cohesive group to basically say, we're allowed to swing and miss a couple times because that's inevitable. On to the next. So correct and so wonderful. You know who runs the really good teams generally? You know Howie Roseman's running the Eagles, right? You know Kevin Colbert was picking the players in Pittsburgh for a long, long time as their general manager. And now you're going to know who runs this shop. Uh, I, I keep thinking about a Ben Standig's end of Rivera era story that he did last week in The Athletic. And I'll just read this excerpt to you that uh, my guy Resh just sent me. But I thought about this during the press conference as well. Uh, It seems like it was front of mind for him. The call from a player's agent started with an unexpected question. Who do I contact over there? He asked the commander's beat reporter. Meaning an agent of a player had called Ben Standig and was like, who should I be calling about this in their front (laughs) office? Can you imagine? This wasn't the longtime rep's first attempt to connect with a front office member for business purposes. Over the years, he had multiple clients on the roster, including a notable contributor this past season. However, several previous calls resulted in delays and confusion. Quote, it's odd, the agent continued. The current structure truly lacks a real leader. It's hard to tell who's pulling the strings and who's answering to whom. Standard wrote team sources corroborated the confusion. One day, Rivera would have one perspective on who should be doing what, and then it would shift, a prominent team source said. Vacillate back and forth. We constantly change plans, in part because Ron often chased narratives. It's a much larger story, but the point is, you're going from a veteran NFL agent telling a beat reporter, I don't even know who I'm supposed to be calling, to this is the Adam Peters show now. And as of this week, it'll be the Adam Peters and show, whether that's Mm -hmm. Johnson or that's Slowick or it's Dan Quinn or whoever, Mike McDonald. They're going to work in tandem. And he mentioned that a couple times, which I loved. He wants to work side by side. He's seen it in San Francisco with him and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, who's kind of the face of their front office. Let's go to the phones. 800-636-1067. We do want to break down all the playoff games. From the weekend, but uh, Peters was just introduced. First chance for you guys to react. Kevin's in Arlington. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. The, the takeaway for me, and you heard it again and again, was the whole topic of leadership. Now, granted, leadership and culture, they can be intangible in some respects when people don't really know what they're talking about, like the prior head coach. 
These guys are winners. They know what leadership looks like. Harris knows it in many walks of life, many types of businesses, many types of sports businesses. Uh, Peters comes from some of the most winning programs in the NFL and obviously was a key contributor every step of the way at the slotting he was at as he rose to now he's our GM. And so to me, when they look for this head coach, as much as, Grant, I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying with, with Ben Johnson and, and how you'd like to marry quarterback, head coach, you know, GM owner, uh, and maybe he will, but if he lacks in leadership, and I don't know if he does or doesn't, but I know this. I know that when we hired North Turner to replace Richie Pettibone, everybody thought he was the next best play designer, play caller, et cetera. He was those things, but he wasn't a great leader. And he didn't also have the ability to draw great coordinators. We always struggled under Norv with the defensive coordinator role, just as Jay struggled with the defensive coordinator role. I feel like it's most important that whoever this next head coach is, that he is a leader because this is a club med situation that needs to be eradicated. But sure. I mean, thank you, Kev. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, the, the idea that because I prefer a guy who's an offensive mind, I don't care about leadership. And I'm not saying that's your point. But that seems to be the way this conversation goes. If you zero in on an offensive person that you're prioritizing that over leadership, I don't necessarily think that that's accurate. I just happen to believe that Ben Johnson, who's beloved by the offensive players in Detroit, could be a pretty good leader. Uh, is it a lock? No. We don't know. He could just be a really good coordinator and a mediocre head coach. That's what people say about Norval Eugene Turner, who he just referenced. That's right. That was the closest the team's ever been. They were up 13-0 in the second round of the playoffs. If they don't collapse against the Bucs, uh, they're in the NFC Championship game under Norv Turner. That's what people say against Jay Gruden, who had three top 10 offenses while he was here in Washington, D.C. Uh, they went on a winning streak and were up by 11 points in a playoff Best game. Best they've been some time. Against Green Bay, and they, they haven't sniffed that since. So... Yeah, is it possible that Ben Johnson's not a great leader or Bobby Sloak's not a great leader? Sure. I don't necessarily take issue with a young ascending star defensive mind like a Jiro Evero from Carolina or Mike McDonald of the Baltimore Ravens. I just have no interest in a retread. And I just watched a playoff this weekend with 14 teams playing where 11 of the coaches on the sideline were coaches that have not coached somewhere else before this. I, I'm not that interested in bringing in someone who's been a coach before on the defensive side, generally speaking. But interview everybody. Do a thorough process. For me, any kind of tie is broken by, in a year where you're drafting number two, marrying that person to a quarterback. It's the best process. The numbers are the numbers. It's hard to argue them. There's data on this for 20-plus years. Offensive-minded coaches have more success in this league than defensive-minded coaches. That's tough to argue with. It but is. Yeah, you better be a leader. No right. doubt. Yeah, without, without question. There's there, you know, and the point is there are exceptions. And you got to be really sure that you've got one of the exceptions. Do you have a Tomlin? Do you have Jim Harbaugh? Uh or John rather? Do you have the right guy in place that's going to be the exception of the rule? Because well, you think you got an exception, then it's Brandon Staley. You think you got an exception, then it's, you know, I don't know, someone else that's failed. It could be D'Amico Ryan's on, on the good side. You've got to make sure that the long-term big picture this is the voice of the organization, fits what you want to do and how you want it done, and you can work with that person. Doesn't mean you won't have arguments. You should. That's inevitable. It's necessary. You've got to have disagreements. You've got to have those tug of wars. It, it, without it, you don't have a functioning organization, quite frankly. But 
it's not like ideally, I think everyone was probably in, in lockstep where you would say, I want this leader of men to also be a, an, an offensive genius. I'd love to have my next Sean McVay. I'd love to find that. Easier said than done. So the number one priority, I think, for everybody is leader of men, find the right guy that's going to be here for 15 years. Secondarily, if he happens to be an offensive mind, let's do spin kicks. A couple other things. Number one, I'm not chasing perfection. And what I mean by that is, obviously, you want it to go really well. But hiring Adam Peters with his incredible resume does not mean that Adam Peters is, is going to hit a home run here. He could fail. This might not work. I'm still hiring him. He's still the best option in this cycle. He still checks every single box. He's still exactly what I'm looking for as a GM candidate. I'd say the same thing about a coaching candidate, whoever your favorite coach is. All you can do is hire the best possible person. In this cycle, I think the guy that makes the most sense, who's the most experienced, having had the best success on offense, Slowick this year had an unbelievable meteoric rise, but Johnson, who's got a year and a half extra play calling and running a room, would be that guy for me. Doesn't mean I'm sure he's going to be great. Three years from now, they could be firing him and hiring a new coach, and people will be calling in to say, I told you so. And I'll say, yeah, you did. You were right. Now they should hire the best offensive coach in this cycle. I think that's, to me, it's it's just about the process. And if they want to go defensive, that's fine too. Uh, but I think that your margin for error is a little smaller. And yep. like, how do you know, as an example, and I'm just picking between a couple guys, but whether it's uh, McDonald, let's say, or Evro, or any of these guys, when you're interviewing them, that they'd be a better leader of men in a building, that they'd respond better to adversity than one of the offensive guys. The only way you really know someone's a leader of men is, I guess, if they've done it. So, like, Dan Quinn, we know, is has that box check. Mm-hmm. So you, you're going to, based on your fear that another guy might not be able to do it, you're going to roll with a guy because you've seen it before with a lower ceiling and a higher floor? Uh-uh. I'm here to swing for the fences. I am here to try to hit a ball into the third deck. And if I swing and miss, so be it. I'll swing again. But I'm not here to hit doubles. I didn't. Daddy ain't here to hit base hits. I'm not running the bases. I'm swinging and I'm going and sitting my fat ass over there. Uh, you don't you don't have to run the bases in softball, right? That's right. You hit a tank, you yeah. go sit down. Daddy's here to hit a tank. I know Dan Quinn's a leader of men. Mm-hmm. Cool. I also know that I got to find offensive coordinators every few years, and I, I know what that looks like. You want to tell me Mike McDonald? You've got my attention. Let's talk. Ajiro Evro? Okay, sure. But they're just as much guesswork. Mm-hmm. On, they're just defensive versions of Ben Johnson. And I that think point. that's the essential point here, by the way, is McDonald the, though with less experience. The, every you know, I, I've gone on a million auditions in, in, over the course of my life. I do, I still do some here and there, right? And all they're doing is taking a tiny sample of this brief interview and trying to figure out: Would you be great doing a thousand lines of of dialogue in, in this in this various role? And it's always really really hard to tell. Right, the the resume gets you in the door. What you've accomplished previously. Now we're basically doing guesswork. So the, the level of guesswork for for a Ben Johnson or for a Mike McDonald is the same. Both have excellent resumes to turn in. Mike McDonald took a group that everyone thought was going to be just okay and gave them one of the best defensive years in the history of the sport statistically. Right, something that's never happened. They just finished doing 
with this Baltimore Ravens defense, with guys that were readily available for agency, like Jadavion Clowney and company. They've turned, he turned them excellent. Same thing with Ben Johnson. They took a pretty decent group, not great, a quarterback that nobody really wanted that was an afterthought and a salary dump for the Los Angeles Rams and a guy that was a stiff the year before he arrived, turned him into a 30-touchdown playoff-winning quarterback. The resumes are good. We're still guessing what they're going to be like when they're in charge of the whole damn thing when the buck stops there. Yeah, I mean, to me, McDonald and Johnson are similar. One's on offense, one's on defense. Mm -hmm. And McDonald's just a little less experienced in terms of the job at the NFL level because he was coordinating at Michigan in 2021. But I don't know how you can be more sure about their ability to run a whole building, about any you know anyone other more so than Johnson. They're all mm -hmm. on even playing. They've never done it. If you want a leader of men, you got to hire Quinn or you got to hire Jim Harbaugh because you essentially know that those guys have run programs, have run NFL teams, and done it at a high level. But I, I'm not going to draft scared at number two because. Drake May or Caleb Williams might fail. I'm not going to hire Scared as a GM. I'm not going to bring in Rick Spielman because he's been one before and hire Dan Quinn to work under him because I've seen what it looks like on Sunday at 3 o'clock when his team is playing. I can't be afraid to miss. I am trying to find a gem. It's hard to do. Guess what? If it doesn't work, so you lose for a couple years? You've been doing that for 30. I got that covered. I'll try again in a few years. By the way, this was Adam Peters today when he was asked about his proclivity for hiring a head coach. We're looking for the best leader for this team, for the Washington Commanders. And so uh, we, we have set criteria that we're going to have a, be aligned in that vision. And it's not going to be in a box. It's not going to be offense. It's not going to be defense. It's going to be the best leader for this organization. Peters earlier today in Ashburn. Let's go to Andre and Manassas on Grant and Danny. What's up, Dre? Hey, Dre. Hey, I'm doing well, man. Listen, the, what can I say? The the press conference wasn't anything what I didn't expect. I think, Dan, you're a big fan of saying never in the history of football has a new defensive coordinator come on and say, we're going to hit slower, we're not going to move as fast, <laughs> right. you know, we're going to. You know, so Peter said everything that I thought he was going to say. And, Grant, I don't want to put any words in your mouth. I think I've heard through a grapevine that you're interested in Ben Johnson. I'm not too sure, but. No, no, you know, no, no, no. You've got the wrong guy. <laughs> listening to Peters and just thinking about his situation, you know, first time on the job, getting $5 million per, per year, ultimately culture building in the nation's capital. Yeah, I do wonder whether or not, you know, hiring someone as young as Johnson or Stoic would be, you know, maybe too much of a, a reach. Um, you know, this is his first time on the job. I mean, I guess he wants to probably get somebody that's established um, and so forth. So I do understand Ben Johnson. I get the argument. You know, my, you know, my thought is that, you know, this is a culture building process more than anything else. And perhaps you need somebody for a little bit more, you know, experience um, under the, under the belts, as opposed to someone doing it for the first time. Yeah. Just looking at some ages here for you, Dre, Mike McDonald, the DC of the Ravens is 36. Bobby Slowick, the, the offensive coordinator of the Texans, what a banner performance they had, by the way. Unbelievable. Destroyed Cleveland. Carved Cleveland up. C.J. Stroud is a beast. He's good. Just a baller. Uh, but Slowick is 36. Now, I don't, I don't think age really matters as much as experience to me, uh, frankly. But Ben Johnson, I guess, is the elder statesman of the group at this point, um, being that he's closer to 40. I don't know if they, if they want to go older, right? I mean, they had the chance to do that as a GM. Now, if your point is, 
Uh, Johnson's 37, so he's a whole year older than those other guys. Ancient compared to the exactly. other guys, yeah. Um, I, don't, I can't imagine they care about the age part. You know, experience you might be interested in if you're Peters to try to pair yourself, as Dre said, with someone who's kind of been through it. But my guess is you care more about having a really good working situation. You're going to be spending 80-plus hours a week with this person, and you're hitching your entire career to them. So whether they're 37 or they're 56, I don't think matters as much as do they care about the same things you care yeah, about? Yeah, they're going to match your energy. Are, are they going to put in the same kind of work that you're going to put in? Is it is it as important to them to do it right every single time, even when nobody's looking? You're trying to figure out those sorts of things. You're going to have that intimate working relationship with somebody that you know you're going to fight with. Do they view ball the same way uh-huh. as you? You know, philosophically, from a paradigm standpoint. You know, in a press conference, you got to say basically what you're allowed to say. But in a quiet room, no one's sitting there with a microphone. You're just talking to Josh Harris. How do you view winning football games in 2023? What is your idea? Or as Josh would say, what's your orientation? What is your orientation? And and if it is doing it a certain way, then you better make sure the coach that you're bringing in here agrees with that. And those things are certainly going to matter. But we can get more into the coaching part. I don't want to dive completely into that. Put our trunks on and jump into those waters just yet. We'll do that later in the show. We'll make our picks and try to get to the bottom of the coaching schedule this week. Who's interviewing with Peters and ownership and when those interviews are going to go down. But you just heard from Adam Peters, the new general manager. He had a lot to say. What did you like? What stood out to you? Grant and Danny with you on the fan. Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Things from the ground up, one person at a time, but both of us want to take more of a long-term perspective to build sustainable and elite winning. Uh, and so uh, I think, uh, you know, he was he was an ideal candidate from my point of view. Eight days after firing Ron Rivera, meeting the media, saying he'd get this thing fixed, Josh Harris today introduced Adam Peters as the commander's new general manager. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. You can't win football games today. No. 
and you can't make a good draft pick until this spring. But the fact that this ownership group in eight days has not only begun its search for a GM and a head coach, but landed the number one most sought after GM candidate, and they are a front runner for the most notable of the offensive candidates in this cycle. That tells the story. Seems to be a gigantic win, and as a fan, it should really make you happy. Now, conventional wisdom, of course, could be wrong. The hot head coaching candidate has come and gone many times and been a, a dramatic failure. The GM candidate was thought of to, to walk on water and has failed a million times. Of course, of course it's possible. As you said, nobody's won any games today. No Super Bowl trophies are put in the case. None of that stuff happened. The simple fact remains, though, that everybody else who had a vacancy wanted this guy. And he said no to them and yes to Washington. That, in and of itself, tells you the entire story. Again, it's it's so worth remembering the path we just came from. You turn around and look at your footprints. Seven months ago, car wreck, on fire, garbage, skunk juice, the whole nine yards. Just pariahs. You wouldn't, you wouldn't wish that job on your worst enemy. Going to work for Dan Snyder? At a minimum, there'll be an article planted about you. Running you down after they fire you in 18 months. That's the best it's been for people that had similar roles in here. Or you'll end up in court. <laughs> Seriously, guys that used to work with him end up in court. That's what happens. Not now. You call him Josh. And we share a vision. We're all in this together. Boom. I love it. One thing we haven't really addressed that Adam Peters said that I liked a lot. I want to know what you think about this. Uh, I thought he had the chance when asked about how long it could take to do a rebuild and timetable to just kick the can down the road and say, look, this is a thorough process. We got to dive in on this roster. We got a lot of work to do. I can promise you we're going to work hard. But he did kind of offer something of a guarantee to fans right off the bat, which was that you will notice a difference in the way that we put the team together and in the way the team plays next year. This is the quote paraphrased uh, that I'm thinking of. But, uh, well, let's play the audio. Let's play the clip of kind of what he said fans will notice, and he said it will start as soon as next season, which is, in a way, putting yourself on the clock a little bit. Mm -hmm. But listen to this. Yeah, those were dark days. But I think the thing that I, I could tell you is right away with, with the 49ers, maybe the results didn't show, but you could see it on the field. And you could see what we were doing on the field, and the fans could feel it. And they, they knew it was turning, and we were close. So it's it's really – you can't put timetables time on it, but what I can tell you is that you're going to see a great great competitors. You're going to see a physical team. You're going to be you're going to be really impressed with what you see on the field. And it's going to happen right away, whether the results come right away. You know, that That's a number of different factors, but you're going to, you guys are going to be very proud of the team that we're going to put on the field. So he's not guaranteeing wins, but when you take over a 4-13 and 13 team that lost five times by 20-plus points, you don't have to say you guys are going to see a different team and you're going to be proud of how they're playing and how physical they're playing next year. I just liked hearing that. In other words, you know, when, when Rivera took over, it was a five-year plan. It's going to take five years. It shouldn't in this league anymore. And he basically told you right there, yeah, we better start showing – some impact by next football season. It, it could be a quick turnaround. It could also not be. But the point is our process is going to be good, which means you're going to see guys not getting beat by 35 points a week over the last handful of weeks of the season in all likelihood. Right? I mean, that that's the paradigm. That's the goal. That's the idea. Wins may come. They may come sooner than you think. 
right? You get a C.J. Stroud situation with the number two overall pick. Enjoy the playoff game. Maybe not. But to put a timetable on it at this point, I think would be premature. But his point is, you're going to notice a difference, whether that leads to six wins, 11 wins. We don't know yet, but we're going to do it the right way. He comped Washington to the 2017 49ers team that he and others inherited when he got there. That year, by the way, they went out and they spent in free agency for Kyle Shanahan's first season. They brought in um, Pierre Garçon and Logan Paulson and just some familiar guys to help Kyle like indoctrinate his system and scheme in San Fran. They also traded back. They had the number two pick, and they traded back. It was only from two to three. It was a very different situation, obviously. But I don't think that that was lost on Commanders fans uh, who are wondering what could happen at pick number two. Let's go to Shane in D.C. on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. What's up, Shane? Uh-oh. Eucalyptus. Eucalyptus. What do we think about eucalyptus? What do we know about that? Uh, it's it it's good in like lotion. Okay, it's a scent that I right. There's yeah, a, a lot of things smell like eucalyptus that. leaves. Well, we could have just listened a little more, but I don't know where that was going. And that filled inappropriate. Let's go to Charles in Capitol Heights on G and D. How are you, buddy? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Hey, buddy. Um, I was I was happy with the um, interview. Uh, um, it was. Um, I got like three quick points. Uh, Jay, um, when he said this team's gonna get, gonna finally have some leadership, and that was that was big because we had none. Um, and one of the callers, yeah, but, hold on one second. Pick. I'm gonna let you keep going, but I want to fill in the blanks on that for a second. He he said that uh-huh. two different times. He talked about yeah. this team. I'm, he didn't say it in these words. The roster's not as bad as people think. They just need a leader. And he talked about needing leadership. And he said that's why we're here. I don't know if he meant they need to do a better job in the front office or if he meant literally they didn't have a leader. Either way. I think it's both. Yeah, it might, yeah it I was going to say yes is but, the answer. But he's also not going to run the roster down. He shouldn't. There's no reason to. There's no to, upside to do that. Yeah. But I did love hearing that where he said, uh, I don't know if it's as bad as you guys think, but you needed someone to help you, and I'm here to help you. I thought that was pretty and good. It, and there was one other call a little earlier, um, I guess, when they said when he about looking for a coach. Um, I think it doesn't matter because LaFleur, McVay, none of them had had head coaching jobs before. LaFleur was a tight ends coach, and they're out there running their teams. And the last point, uh, Danny, you need to come up with one for Peters now, an impersonation, because oh. you need to <sighs> sound competent. Yep. That's, that's going to be hard for me. <laughs> that's going to be hard for me. It, if I may. Mm-hmm. Because you are the expert in this field. I know nothing. Okay. My first press conference listening to Adam Peters, there's nothing really discernible about his voice. You're getting good at this. He You're came smart. out yeah. as very well-spoken. Mm-hmm. He was very smooth. He, there was only one time in 30 minutes of talking and taking questions where he even stumbled over any words. Uh, and that's while kind of reading a prepared comments and a speech and the nervous... Uh, maybe most anxiety-ridden day of your life to this point for, as a public speaker. Mm-hmm. I thought he crushed it and hit a home run from that standpoint. But listening to him, I don't know what his voice sounds like. It just sounds like any other guy's voice. Yeah, there's. I, I didn't see anything, see anything. I didn't hear anything signature there. So there are two kind, two ways you can go when you're doing an impression or an impersonation. The impersonation, you're trying to recreate the sound. Like you want to hear it pitch perfect. If you close your eyes, you don't know who's who. 
Is that what you're doing with Josh Harris? So so it, when I'm doing Harris, it's closer, I would say, to an impersonation where you're basically trying to recreate every tone, every pause, every mannerism, as close as you can get it. Then there's the impression where you take something. So when I'm doing Rivera, right? So I, the biggest thing about it really is it doesn't really sound like Rivera, but I'm doing all the Rivera-isms. I got all the different things turned up to 77. So I don't even take a, I don't even do a sentence. I really don't without doing 19 catchphrases. Okay, the biggest thing about it is more so than anything else. And you do that, and everyone knows who you're doing. So maybe I can get an impression going. Maybe I can find something. I haven't studied yet. I've just, I've frankly been staring at him. And he somehow made eye contact with me through, so through my computer. Looking. His hair was just there. Those you know? were the, there were two questions that I wanted to ask that didn't get asked. And I wanted to go to the presser, but when they made it at 2 o'clock, it's like, okay, well, we're out. We got to do this thing. There, there's a radio show happening yeah. at that time. My question would have been about Eugene Shannon analytics and how involved was he, if at all, not in hiring you, but in the interview process. Have you sat down and met him or was he just one of the guys that you shook hands with when you got to the park for the first time today? Because that's a super important relationship, in my opinion. And I just want to know if Eugene Shen and him talked at some point. I thought it was a little strange, frankly, that they hired Eugene Shen to run that department before going and getting a general manager. Only because, you know, I guess you're able to now mold the GM around being analytically driven. Mm-hmm. But Shen's been, like, he's, he's not some 26-year-old recently graduated guy. Like, this is a dude who's been in buildings. Who's been doing it. Got yeah. some influence. So I, I want to know more about if they know each other at all, what those initial conversations have been like. And also, just in general, you have 45 seconds. I would like to hear your thoughts on analytics and football. Go. Go. And just see what happens. Proceeds up. Uh, so that was number one. Number two, I want to know who would he rather have play him in a movie? Because the guys I've come up with are Chris Evans, Chris Pine, and the third, this one's a little different now, Bradley Cooper. Of those three guys, Chris Evans, Chris Pine, or Bradley Cooper, let's say this goes really well. Okay. And we're not making movies like I used to on a fake uh, you know, movie script on the radio where Dan would walk down the hall and pour milk under a carpet, mm-hmm. allegedly. Allegedly. But the movie is like the first scene. It's like Moneyball. we got to change like, things around here. No, the opening scene is going to be the confetti falling and him grabbing one and looking at it and putting it in his pocket, and then his girls and wife come running out to him at the 50-yard line, and he just picks each girl up in one arm. He's kissing them on the cheek. His wife comes out. They start necking a little bit right at midfield. And that's like the and it fades to black, and then he's like in his car for some reason, driving yeah. one morning, and he's on the phone. He's like, "What are we gonna do with this pick?" You know, like that's. Oh, then it goes back. To, it's like day one, and right? Then it, like that's him. Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of the movie. But I'm not gonna. I mean, get you disrespect Ben Affleck as, as a potential Adam Peters I mean, just, hire. You don't I, see it. I'm kind of going with guys that res, that favor him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I see a little Chris Evans there. I see a little Brad Cooper. Maybe there. I'm crazy. I see some Affleck. Am I am I nuts for that? I I think you're very nuts for am that. Am I crazy for that one? Very dark hair, dark features. You don't see it? I I I don't see Affleck. Wow. I, I, Chris Pine is definitely my number one on this though, for sure. Chris Pine? Yeah, I what think about, he, I think he fits it. So I, here's one more I'll throw at you. This one is now this is a little off the beaten path. This guy's 55. Oh. Aaron Eckert. Remember Aaron Eckert? Of course I do. Come the on. Looking guy. Could he play Adam Peters? Probably a little too old. Probably want to reel it back. Well, because when we're making this movie, Peters has been doing this for 10, 12, 13 years. I'll post a poll. That's what I'll do. You, you won't poll. They don't call me Grant H. Polson. Not Polson. Mm-mm-mm. Uh we, we, can, uh we can never talk about this again if we'd like. Or 
or or we could keep talking about or it. Or triple down on it. Yeah, Beltway Blitz at 4 o'clock on the fan, and Jay Gruden was mixing it up on social media last night. Oh, buddy. Robert Griffin, Brian Mitchell. They had a three-way match. You know when, like, three guys are in corners and they're all fighting each other? Triple threat match. Triple threat. That's what I'm looking Much for. Much better than the one you said. Thank you. Yep. Uh, uh, the Street Profits should have taught me about that. <laughs> Triple threat match last night. We'll talk to Jay about that and maybe some football at 5 o'clock on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. With Danny, I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. The poll's been posted at Grant H. Paulson. Which actor would play Adam Peters, NFL executive in Dreamboat, in a film? Chris Evans, Chris Pine, Bradley Cooper, or the last one we decided on was Henry Cavill, last man in. You know I love Henry Cavill. I love him. Henry Cavill is a stud. So uh, this is the important stuff we got to get to the bottom of. Today, what'd you make of Peter's introductory press conference plans on building the team through the draft, not free agency? Talked about similarities to this team and the 2017 Niners team he showed up to help be an executive for. I learned a lot in that process, said the good and the bad that'll certainly apply as he moves forward here. And now he's got to figure out which executives he's keeping in place in Ashburn. He's also got to Hire a head coach this week. That was going to be my question. If if I was there asking a question, which I wasn't and I shouldn't. But anyway, if I was, now I know he wouldn't he wouldn't say, yep, they're all fired or, yeah, I'm keeping everybody. Of course, you're not going to get that answer, but I, I want it on record. Basically, to me, I, I would come in with this attitude. What are you going to do to show me that you deserve to be part of the new regime? In other words, I'm coming in with the default of saying probably not. You can win me over. How are you going to do that? How are you going to show me that, you know, you thread that needle to say you need to be part of this new thing. To show me your ability to buy in and not cover your own butt. Let's go to Sue in Upper Marlboro on Grant and Danny. Sue, what'd you make of the introductory presser? Hey, that's that's uh, Mama Sue, but that's okay. Hi, Mama uh, Sue. <laughs> how you doing, guys? Good, We're good, good. Yeah. So, uh, as far as what Adam had to say, uh, the thing that stood out to me was I liked his answer about his coaching choice, whether he was, he was looking for a leader, you know, and they had a criteria. They weren't going to be in a box, whether they was leaning towards offense or defense, but a leader of men. I did like that. And, um, but the thing that stood out to me that spoke volumes to me is more what uh, Josh had to say when he was asked about, you know, uh, the, the candidate himself. He said that Adam had done his homework you know, on then the organization, on the ownership, over the, the rosters, everything. So that spoke volumes to me, like he really wants to be here. And in his voice, I could just hear, like, like genuine compassion and confidence that he can come in here and turn this boat around. So 
I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do. So I'm all in. Appreciate you. Let's go to Russell in Charlestown on Grant and Danny. Russell, for the first time in almost 30 years, the Commanders have a GM running the show. Right. Yeah, they do. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy. I liked it. I, I like this presser. But on the flip side, you know, then I hear you're going to interview Dan Quinn after that performance on Saturday afternoon. I'm, you know, and, and as far as the coaching, you're going to spend you're going to spend six billion on a, on a franchise. And you know, you're looking for a leader of men. I, you know, I don't see why you, you don't, you know, pony up a 150, 200 and get you Jim Harbaugh in here as his brother has led Baltimore and get him in here as a leader. And, you know, and, and go with it that way. So I'm, I've got I'm, – I'm hoping it, it turns out pretty good, you know, fellas. I really no, do. no, I hear you, man. It's, it's not, that person's not going to work in concert, talking about Jim Harbaugh. He's not going to work in concert with anybody. He's going to leave fire and chaos in his wake. Now, If I was a young first-time GM, I'd want nothing to do with Harbaugh. Now, maybe that's why I'm not a successful person, I guess, or something, but – that guy takes all of the oxygen out of the room. Now, you might have some success in in, in a brief moment, but it, it's like a collapsing star. It's going to yeah. burn really bright, and then there's going to be a giant black hole as a void. I don't even need to be the guy. Like, I, I don't need – it's not like if I'm the GM in this case. My ego is so big that I don't want someone who's hard to deal with. But I do want a healthy, manageable, workable situation. I remember a buddy of mine was getting a radio show at one point, and – you know, he was going to be doing a daily radio show. And he, he hit me up, and he's like, hey, you've been doing this for several years. Like, what would you tell me? And I said, honestly, the only thing I would say is make sure that the person that you do the show with every single day is someone that you can get along with and someone that you, like, respect. Because And, and you and I are actually friends off air, and, um, you know, we don't see everything sports-wise eye-to-eye or whatever. But you're with them so mm-hmm. much, and the the show's success hinges on me knowing you're putting in the work on your own time. I'm doing it on my time, and I, my, my comp or the, the way I would say it's analogous is you're hitching your wagon to this person. Uh-huh. You, you better like them a little bit. You better see the world similarly to how they see the world, and and have some of the doesn't mean you have to. You and I have to view coaching or quarterbacks the same way. But we better have some similar ideas on how to succeed as a radio show. To me, I don't think you teach old dogs new tricks. One thing real quick on his call I want to point out, because I saw a lot of this on Twitter, like dogging Dan Quinn, or even you know putting Ben Johnson or Bobby Sloak over. These decisions are not being made on one playoff game, which isn't to say it can't help or hurt, I guess. But it's ridiculous to crush Dan Quinn as a head coaching candidate because his team stunk on Sunday. Come on. He's a good football coach. He was a head coach of a team that got to the Super Bowl. He's been a great coordinator for Dallas for years. They've had a lot of success. You shouldn't feel any differently about Dan Quinn today than you did before that game, other than just to say they had a bad plan or he didn't do a great job that Sunday. But you shouldn't not get a job because of that. Or flip side, it's not like you should be moving someone to the top of your list because their team scores 60. I'm sorry. I just think that's silly. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I mean, the job he did in general in Dallas as they lost a couple of guys, including you know one of their standouts, Trayvon Diggs, early on in the season. Ho-hum, Deron Bland has more touchdowns than you know 75% of the wide receivers in the NFL this year, including guys that you're drafting in the second or third round in, uh, in your fantasy drafts. I mean, the job he did big picture in Dallas was really, 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 really good. So, 
Yeah, they got boat raced on Sunday, which, by the way, was delightful. I had a great time watching it. I got a little shooting through the had a, had, a, had a blast watching them melt down. But no, you don't take someone off your board because they got killed. Beltway Blitz at the top of the hour. Jay Gruden at five on Grant and Danny. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.